The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. If you watch the Showtime series Billions, you know that Dr. Wendy Rhodes is a no-nonsense therapist who counsels the traders at Axe Capital to reach their best performance. Now, I want you to go back to your Bloomberg and cut bait on your losers. You know the ones, the ones you've been defending, hoping they'll come around, but secretly you know never will. I want you to just commit that you're in it for the long haul, that you will succeed. And once you do that, the new ideas, the winners, will present themselves because you are a winner. You're in the special forces here. You are a Navy SEAL. Denise Schull, who's also a performance coach for traders, says that Rhodes' character is an unauthorized ripoff of a fictionalized version of herself from her book, Market Mind Games, A Radical Psychology of Investing, Trading, and Risk. And she's suing Showtime, CBS, and the show's creators for copyright infringement. Joining me is intellectual property attorney Terrence Ross, a partner at Katten Rosenman. Terry, tell us more about the lawsuit. Ms. Schull claims that she had a series of conversations with the producers of Showtime's Billions uh, television series about the notion that many of the leading money management firms are now using coaches to assist their traders and brokers to maximize their potential. These coaches are typically psychologists who are trying to help money managers with the mental part of the game in the same way that sports psychologists help athletes with the mental part of the game. And she apparently persuaded the producers that such a coach would be a great character to use And sure enough, Billions does feature exactly such a psychologist working for the money management firm that's featured in the television show. She's not married to the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District, which is a key part of Wendy Rhodes' character and plot line. Would that be enough to foil her lawsuit, or is it the entire character? How do they judge it? Mitchell's complaint is grounded in copyright. She's essentially alleging that the character she pitched to the producers of Billions was taken without her authorization and used in the Showtime television series. In copyright law, we do not ask what is different about the infringement. We ask what is similar. And so the fact that the character in the television show is married to the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York and she is not in real life, is actually legally irrelevant. We focus only on the similarities. The key question is, is there sufficient similarity that a reasonable juror 
would understand that Ms. Shule's character is the character being portrayed on the television show. And that's a real question mark in my mind based on the facts as I understand them. So, Terry, if this goes to trial, will a jury hear about meetings that she had with the creators and she also emailed with the actress? Will the jury hear all that? Yes, the jury will have to hear all that. And that's because under the copyright law, a key element of proof that she has to provide is that the alleged infringers here, the producers of the television show, had access to her copyrighted work. And she will prove access by saying, I sat down with them, I explained the character, I explained my concept for the character, I emailed with them, and they looked at the book I had written. This is how she will satisfy the element of access to the work. And and frankly, that is often the most difficult and challenging element of proof in these cases where you have a successful television show or movie and all of a sudden people start coming out of the woodwork claiming that they were the original writers of it. Um, There's usually no access. Nobody got to see the script that was purportedly written. Nobody ever talked to the person. And here she appears to have facts sufficient um, to get past this element of access, which should allow the case to go to the jury. And that will make for a very interesting case because most of these claims of copyright infringement against films and recordings and television shows or plays never, ever get to the jury because they can't get past this element of some sort of access. A Showtime spokeswoman disputed the claim and said Ms. Shul has cycled through multiple law firms and theories of her supposed case as part of her repeated failed attempts to force us to engage her as a consultant on our show. Does that carry any import? Well, it will not be evidence in the lawsuit. Um, However, in the court of public domain, certainly amongst um, legal experts, they'll take note of the fact that she went to a number of different law firms who refused to take on the, the case. I assume that she has hired lawyers who are known as contingent fee lawyers, In other words, they don't actually charge her an hourly rate for their work. Rather, they um, agree to accept in exchange a portion of any damages or settlement uh, that they win. And therefore, that type of lawyer, contingency lawyer, often has to look very, very closely at the likelihood of success because they don't get paid otherwise. And if a number of law firms looked closely at the facts and the evidence she had, and refused to take the case, that would be very telling to me as to the actual strength of her case in court. In your opinion, what you see now, and we haven't seen the response from Showtime or any of the show's creators, it looks like it's good enough to get past a motion to dismiss. I certainly think it's good enough to get past a motion to dismiss. Whether or not it'll survive a motion for summary judgment, which will come later in the case, is another question. I think one of the defenses that Showtime's going to raise is that this is a so-called stock character, that it is not entitled to copyright protection in the first place. It's not sufficiently fleshed out. The comparison would be towards to James Bond. 
James Bond is sufficiently fleshed out and unique and different that his character can be copyrighted. However, the general stock character of a debonair secret agent engaged in dangerous missions upon which the fate of the world uh, hinges, that would not be copyrightable. It's only when you get down to very, very specific and detailed uh, character traits that you get copyright protection. And I think here the argument should be from Showtime is that the character that Ms. Shul laid out was simply a stock character and not one capable of copyright protection in the first place. And if the court agrees with that, then they should be able to obtain summary judgment and the case will never go to a jury. That's Terrence Ross, a partner at Catton Rosenman. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.